Are you constantly struggling with how to function in society? Do you need someone to make you laugh on occasion? Are you wanting to share your thoughts and opinions? Well, have I got a show for you. My name is Garrett, host of Garrett Talks to Himself, a segmented interactive podcast where I do all of these things. Head to anchor.fm slash gtth to subscribe wherever you listen. I'll be waiting. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Drunk Movie Theater. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And we hope you guys had a very Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday, or, you know, like I said, if you don't celebrate, just enjoyed your, your time off. So, uh, we, uh, we, of course, worked over the Christmas holiday, which, oh, hold on, by the way, last week I told you guys uh, I had to get tested for COVID after I got back and at the time of recording I didn't have a result. It came back negative, so... Woo! Only today to find out that I was exposed to somebody else with COVID, so now I have to get tested again, and <laughs> fuck my life, right? So, it's me time number three having something stuck up your nose. Uh, I, I I'm gonna get well versed is what's gonna happen. Like maybe I won't start spitting and sputtering every time that uh, from here on out. Who knows? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'm at home, so trying to figure out what to do with this show next. Uh, you know. In the coming year, so I'm hoping 2021 will be a lot kinder to us, so <laughs> it would be nice anyway. Please stop beating up on us. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so we worked uh, Christmas. Um, I worked Christmas Day that morning, uh, and for once, uh, it felt like old times. It felt like the old holidays where we were actually busy. Now, granted. We did not do the business that we are used to doing. Just, just yeah. to give you guys a rough idea. We've talked about this several times on the show. Uh, Christmas Day last year of 2019, we did about 3,200 people for the day. Um, which even that's even nothing compared to what it was 10 years ago yeah. when we had more seats and it was like five, six, seven thousand people on yep. a holiday. Um, but still, that's a lot of people, a lot of foot traffic. Uh, apparently, a lot of Dumbasses that just don't want to wear the masks, but we'll get there in a second. Um, this year we did about 900, almost a thousand people. Uh, so close. Is, we were like 960. We were so yeah, close. Yeah. So uh, about a third of what we what we would normally do on on a big holiday like that. So it was it was nice though. Um, With a quarter of the staff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for frame of reference, I think our total staff right now is at 10 people. Yes. Um, Normally we would run from between 40 to 50, depending on if it's busy season or not. Yeah. So but currently again, 10. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I opened on, on Christmas day with a uh, third party and our boss. And I think we had another person there. Um, donut think donut was there um anyway but yeah we we got in there got everything opened up got ready to go i actually dressed up for the first time in like nine months <laughs> suit and tie all that good stuff like we were all kind of gussied up at least for a little bit until 
uh, till Boston third party said, yeah, we've got a clean shit. We're just going back to polos. So. Right. If I had my way, we'd be in polos all the time. No more of this dressing up crap. It's true. So, um, yeah, uh, for the most part, like as, as busy as we were just con- like wave, you know, wave and then dead and then wave and then dead. Um, amongst all of that, didn't have a whole lot of issues or dickhead people to deal with throughout that run, which, or at least for me, I can't speak for you. I'll let you tell your stories here in a minute. No, not that I remember. Uh, yeah, but uh, we did We did have a couple. Apparently, our boss got yelled at by a dude because one of our auditoriums, the, uh, the little lights on, the little LED lights on the speakers behind the screen uh, are no longer covered up, so they're exposed through the screen, so when the screen goes dark, you can see them. Uh, apparently this dude without a mask got in our boss's face and started going off about it to which our boss apparently responded to him said yeah if you're going to be that close and yelling at me can you at least put a mask on (laughs) which i'm sitting there going that's that's exactly what i would have said so totally right um we also got uh i also accidentally fixed one of our problem projectors uh don't ask me how i did it i did it so this so this projector, just just to give you an idea. So we run either GDC or Doremi uh, for our software for the projectors. So that basically that just controls everything, controls the playlist, all that. We did that. Um, so this one in particular runs Doremi, which I think is much simpler to use, or at least a little more user-friendly. I don't know. I prefer it, but... About this. Uh, it's an ongoing debate. Yeah, so... Which every time the debate comes up, we we wind up more and more in the in the do re mi camp. So I've always been told, well, if, once you get used to GDC, you prefer it. No, no, hasn't happened yet. So I've become pretty well versed in GDC, and I still prefer do re mi. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, so this projector has been having an issue with uh, the settings being saved for the lenses. Um, so. Which means it, it, it's out of focus most of the time when it starts. Right. Give you guys an idea. You have flat and you have scope. Uh, it's just, it's basically two different formats. Um, it's similar to basically widescreen and full screen. Yes. So as as how you view the picture. So at some point we got flat fixed, mm-hmm. which worked out. But our pre-show and the other movies that we play in, played in there have been... Pre-show and scope were not saved. We're not fixed right so anyway so first show of the day is wonder woman and we're about 10 minutes out from when it's supposed to start and by this point we've already had like 10 or 15 people come out and say the screen's out of focus even though it's just the pre-show and i'm going like we kept telling people yes we will take care of it once the actual trailer start we'll be up there we'll be up there we'll be up there <laughs> it finally got to a point five minutes out i go I, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to go up there and fix it, you know, at least for the show, just see what happens. Went up there and fixed it uh, and tinkered around quite a bit. Just like, you know, clicking refresh, open, highlight that, enter, refresh, this, just going through. <laughs> and just like, worst case scenario, I fuck it up and, and, you know, everybody just hates me and I just burn the place down. But, you know, um, anyway, so I took a chance. And it just—it was just on those two things. So for pre-show scope and then for uh, feature scope, and it worked. Like got it, got it fixed. Like for that showing, and I said, "Okay, cool. Go back downstairs." Time passes. Wonder Woman eighty-four ends in there. 
we get it cleaned up. Next thing I know, it's next showtime is at three. We got slammed again by a by a crowd bigger than the first one. A typical mid afternoon Christmas rush where everyone's finished their presents and their big lunch and yep they're ready for movie time. Right. So by the time so in that rush, uh, third party had to go and help kitchen get caught up because they had order after order after order. Um, the boss is working floor by himself. Uh, so it's just me, the bartender, and uh, one other frontliner uh, taking care of people on our drawers. By the time I realized that number nine had started this one problem projector, it was already four o'clock. Remember earlier I said that one started again at three. So I've, I've, we're an hour late on going up and checking on it, to which I look at the computer and I just go, oh no, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Now, at that same time that I'm going, oh, shit, somebody has walked up to me and says, hey, number two is, uh, it just felt like it just dropped temperature really quick. It just feels really cool in there. And I go, okay, I'll go take a look at it. Go up. There's no issue. But on the way over there, I said, I'm going to stop at nine and just take a look. <laughs> Peek in and situation normal. Everything's fine. I'm like, did I accidentally fix it? So I text you, I'm like, I think I accidentally fixed nine and you're just immediately responding back, what did you do? <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's how I read it. It wasn't, it wasn't, oh, well, how did you do that? It was like, what did you do? <laughs> Which I know how you get with your booth. <laughs> I'm very protective of the booth. <laughs> and I'm like, I just asked you when you get here because it's kind of hard to explain why. I went off on 2.0 once because he said he was going to go up there and do something when he was still fairly new. And I was like, you're not going to set foot, foot in my booth. And he goes, your booth. And I think at least three other people that were in the vicinity immediately go, yeah, her booth. I was like, yeah, my booth. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just... So yeah, like I said, I think I fixed it. <laughs> Excuse me, on accident. Just like anything else around there. Sorry, I have the hiccups. By the way, I don't think that's how that text was intended. No, I know. I feel like it was more of a, what'd you do? <laughs> right? No. As Damn it. Hiccups. <laughs> you guys are going to enjoy this show. Uh, yeah, no. As I was reading it, like, I'm sure that the intention behind it was, oh, well, what did you do? Yeah. And I totally looked at it just, what did you do? And I'm like, I didn't break anything. I probably exit. <laughs> I, I wasn't over on the bench, but I swear I don't look that bad. So, anyway, so that was that was Christmas Day for me. Trisha, did you have a, any Christmas Day issues you had to deal with? Not that I remember. It was just busy. Yeah. Like, constantly. And for the, the sevens was pretty constant because we, we sold out of pretty much everything. Like, even from the time I got there at 5 o'clock, everyone was like, by the way, Every Wonder Woman before 10 o'clock only has front row left. Yeah. And of course, you have to deal with the people who just wander in on Christmas. And they're like, what do you mean everything's like super full and all that's left is front row? It's the big, biggest day for the entire year in the, in the movie industry. Like, what, what did you expect? I know it's a pandemic, but come on. Right. Plus, you know, we're operating at 50% capacity as per county rules. Like, what do you want from us? Yeah. But, uh, um, that and people is that popcorn fresh it just doesn't seem like it's fresh yes yes, yes it is fresh. Stop we're it. constantly popping stop it 
it's just the bag isn't warm so i wonder if it's fresh so someone we were literally someone came up and was getting refilled and they're like can i get the stuff on the bottom that's warmer lady the stuff on the bottom is crushed it's crumbs right you don't want the stuff on the bottom you want the stuff on the top that is in direct contact with the heating lamp that's what you want so i don't know what you're talking about give me the stuff on the bottom that's gross. That is the oldest stuff that has been crushed under the weight of all the other popcorn. You don't want that. I know what I'm doing. It is the pile of bodies underneath the pile of bodies uh, in yeah. World War Z. That's, that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. But then yeah. the thir third party left after the seven, so we didn't have a dedicated kitchen person. Which was like, no big deal. We still have, you know, our bartender, we saw someone on the register and someone on floor. So I was like, I can just kind of bounce back and forth, be in the kitchen when needed and back bar, you know, up front when needed as well. And um, the the other manager on floor had come up and like, okay, I need, I, I really just need help with these two Wonder Woman shows that are pretty much sold out. The others, I should be okay. Well, when it came down to it, we suddenly got like four or five orders in a row mm -hmm. that kept, people kept ordering freaking flatbreads, which take like 10 to 12 minutes to make. Yeah. And so it came time for me that I was supposed to go help him with one of the Wonder Woman's and I, I was elbow deep in orders. And so our bartender came back and was like, okay, he said, here's the deal. He'll go clean the Wonder Woman by himself. If you can go clean this other smaller theater whenever you, as soon as you get the opportunity so that he doesn't have to cross sides, you know, go all the way over there, just see that. Cause this one is, it was theater two, which is all the way in, in the corner. Right. And the, the rest of the theaters around it were all on the other side. So I literally had to run back there, clean it real quick. And by the time I made it back to the kitchen, we had orders coming in again. Like it wasn't even super busy out front. It's just everybody wanted food, which I kind of get. It's Christmas. You can't just like go to a, a restaurant. They're all closed. But like, didn't you guys eat Christmas dinner at home? How are you still hungry? Why didn't you stuff yourself with Christmas dinner? Like... It's, it's the expanded Christmas stomach. They want more. Also, popcorn just induces that salivatory gland that just makes you go, yeah, I think I'm hungry again. Popcorn just sounds good. So needless to say, by the time we hit 945 and we closed the bar in the kitchen, I was relieved. Yeah. I'm, I'm all done with the kitchen. I don't, I don't want to be back here anymore. Normally, I enjoy being in the kitchen because I get to be away from customers, but... <laughs> no. Not on Christmas Day, madam. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, you and I actually worked together on Sunday, so that was the only other day I worked this weekend uh, there at our, our local multiplex. Uh, and it, the, my day started off, well, first off, I got there late. I was a half hour late because I thought I was supposed to be in at three. It was actually two, so I split the difference and went 2.30. Uh, we're down a kitchen person because our kitchen person apparently had to go out of town this weekend. Uh, so it's like, well, okay. Uh, at one point... Yeah, when you showed up, so normally on Sundays for us, I can't speak for any other theater in the country, uh, but because we're in close proximity to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, when he says close proximity, he means close proximity. I mean, literally like a hit, the skip, hop, and a jump away. Um, yeah. So when, we're, when the Chiefs play, regardless of whether or not they're doing well or poorly, we get, we we're get dead. like just... And it's, it's even worse now on, you know, during the pandemic. Um, so, so for the first portion of the day when everybody was there, 
it was quiet. When I showed up, it started getting busy. Uh, and of course, the game had just ended, so like that's when the droves start coming in. Uh, we had a couple rentals in there as well that we had to deal with, um, I believe. Uh, but yeah, so you finally showed up at five, mm-hmm. and I'd been bouncing back and forth between floor, kitchen, and, and the concession stand uh, to keep us going. You showed up and wound up getting stuck in the in the kitchen. And I asked you for help for our biggest show because I'm like, it's in our biggest auditorium. I'm going, okay, I'm, I am tired and, and not small or skinny and stairs are, stairs are Terry Blay, regardless of, of what size you are. I had to, so I had to climb all these steps and spray every last seat while sweeping. And it takes a minute. Like I actually had to run a couple people off. <laughs> because the floor gonna... is exhausting anyway, but now we've added the extra step of having to spray down the seats. Right, and carry the the, the sprayer, uh, which can get weighty whenever you fill when it. When it's full, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so I finally got done with it, and I kept going to the next show. And you finally texted me at some point, and I didn't even see it until after I talked to you. And you, you said, well, finally caught up here. Do you still need help? Yeah, because I realized when I finally got all the kitchen orders done and I thought I had a moment, I was like 15 minutes past what time you said you needed me. So I was like, yeah. I'm probably not going to do any good now. But Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a big deal. It was just Plus, it, I had no idea where you were at that point because you'd only right. told me that one theater you needed. So I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that night I'd also taken the, the floor schedule with me because – yeah. You know, I'm like, I just need to know where I got to go next because I know I had a bunch of them that were letting out back to back to back. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but yeah. And then finally, five minutes later, more orders poured in, so. Right. So, so it didn't matter. But like, we finally caught a break and I just looked at you and I said, do you want to do floor or do you want to stay in kitchen? And you're like, I can, I can stay in kitchen. I, it doesn't matter. And then like two minutes later, you immediately go, I, I want to go on floor. I can't, I hate doing the kitchen. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm so over that. I've done kitchen too much this week. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to do it anymore. It was, I thought it was pretty funny, which, you know, we didn't have a whole lot of kitchen orders after that anyway, but, yeah. but still, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we've been doing here lately is uh, private rentals. I think we talked about, it's how we kind of started off doing things over the summer and mm-hmm. then went back to public showings and then started doing the private rentals again, just to kind of encourage people to come and see the new stuff that we, yeah. we were getting or to watch classics and, and make a little more profit off of it or do video games. Yeah, and, and some people that aren't, aren't comfortable coming back to the theater for public showings, when, you get, when you, they get word of a private show where they control who's there, they're a little more comfortable with that idea. Yeah. And, you know, it's a few extra hundred bucks per showing, which when non you know holiday times even our busy our busiest days are only a couple hundred people all day you don't get much more than maybe 10 people in a showing you're not making a whole lot of money but if you can sell these private shows it's extra money especially when we do gaming rentals because we don't have to pay film licensing fees when we do those we get to keep all that money yeah yeah so um anyway which I don't have a problem with people coming in and asking us, hey, can we get some information? How do we go about doing this? How do we, how do, we do that? And we usually tell them, eh, we got to go through corporate. we got to book it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I do have a problem with, however, is people who like to walk in and go, yeah, we'd like to book a private rental for tomorrow if you have anything over the busiest weekend of the year. And I'm just going. No. 
what is what is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Like, stop that. You should have had this shit planned a couple weeks in advance. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> or like, like the one we had to deal with over the weekend. She came in, said she wanted a book. She came in on, I want to say Saturday. Um, Saturday being the day after Christmas, the yeah. 26th. And talked to our boss and third party was involved at some point. I was not directly involved in this conversation, but apparently she wanted to book uh, a rental for New Year's Eve. And um, boss and third party, knowing that people at home office are Deal, waiting through lots of requests uh, and are, you know or some people have complained about not hearing back fast enough blah 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 they they their idea was well let's let's get her to pick a movie and then we can save a spot in in our software and then and then pass her along to you know the appropriate people to get it booked and taken care of and maybe that'll make things move faster right great idea in theory um but I was brought in when third party walked up and goes, hey, will you go make a list of all the movies that we have upstairs? Uh-oh. Which my reaction was, um, all of them? Like, all of them? And she was like, yeah. I was like, uh, that's going to take a while. Like, we probably have, I would estimate 50 hard, drive up, hard drives up there. Mm-hmm. Most of which are combo drives with at least five movies on them, if not more. Right. Like I don't, I don't think she understood. I was like, that's and not all of them are marked. Some of them are missing the paper inside that tells you what's on it, and so it, there's there's more on it than isn't marked. Because I found that out when we, I think it was Greece. Right. It took me forever to find because it was on a combo drive that it wasn't marked. Yeah. I was like, so that's gonna take me a while, and it was five forty-five. And we had Wonder Woman showing starting up again at six. So I was like, are you sure about this? And then she was like, um, well, she was talking about sports movies. So let's do sports movies. I'm like, okay, that'll be faster. That took me less than 10 minutes. Went up, made a list of various sports movies that we had available. Right. Gave it to, gave it to her. She emailed the lady and said, you know, she, I guess the woman had said that, yeah, she'll, she'll pick within, you know, 24 or 48 hours and, and we'll get this movie. It's like, okay, fine. Right. She answers back the next morning. Oh, these are such, these are some great options, but it's just, it's so hard to pick. What do you have by way of action slash special, good action slash special effects that would be worth it to see on the big screen? And this is already, I'm like, uh, uh, no, I ain't playing this game. No. Well, both boss and third party weren't working on Sunday, so I get to answer. So I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not going back and forth. Because also in her email, she goes, well, also, I had a thought that maybe we could uh, have a list of some movies that are options and then Birthday Boy can pick day of. I, I just want to point and out. And that'd be a surprise. Yeah, I just want to point out why that's a problem. So we might have the hard drive on hand. However, we have to get permission and keys to activate those hard drives so that way we can actually play the content on them. Which keys means this, we have to have studio approval. And if studio, the studios are going to send us keys, they expect payment. Yes. They, we, we get keys when we have a confirmed booking and they right. expect payment. We can't get keys for multiple movies and be like, well, she might pick yours, she might not. Yeah. 
So that's, that's not okay. Plus, it takes time. Even if we already have the hard drive, our LMS is not big enough to house all of the movies we have. It's not. I'm constantly having to delete to delete out some of these titles that we're not actively using because there's not enough space. Mm -hmm. And I need to save space for the stuff we're currently playing. And uh, most of Disney's retro titles were sent via satellite and not hard drive. So I need to keep, I have to keep those. Otherwise they're gone. Right. Just in case. Um, but I have to have time to ingest it onto the LMS, which can take 45 minutes to an hour. Mm -hmm. I have to transfer it to the, the projector, which could also take 45 minutes to an hour, but I would prefer to have all of that settled the day before. So I know right. we have to receive, uh, tell home office who then contacts the studio or rent gets permission they then send keys we have to download the keys and adjust the keys to lms and have the lms send the keys to the projectors all of this stuff takes time and just simply getting the keys for these movies can take days like we get our bookings on mondays and we generally don't get keys for the movies that we already have booked until wednesday like this takes time and this was already Sunday that she wanted a rental for Thursday. Yeah. Like we're already pushing it. Mm -hmm. And then I also have to build, you know, we have to have the playlist built, which usually the LMS does it automatically. As long as it's in Vista, all the information, the LMS sends it out. But if she's not picking to the day of, that means I have to build all of these playlists manually and just wait for her to pick. And then put, no, there's too much involved. It's not going to happen. Right. And then, uh, we do have one movie that is set up to not require a key. It's an old movie, which I've kept, but I don't know who told her about it, but someone told her about it, not knowing how many we had. And so she brings it up. And I was like, even though it doesn't require a key, I still cannot sell to that movie without studio permission. Right. That's how we get in trouble. Yeah. So I would still need time to clear it with home office for them to clear it with the studio and come to an agreement, some sort of agreement on it. There's still a lot of legalities involved. So none of that is possible. You need to pick a movie and you need to pick a movie now. Yeah. So basically I laid all that out and I, I decided it was time to loop in um, the, the dude at home office that is in charge of doing all the bookings. And I pretty much was like, I'm, I've CC'd him and he will take over from here. Here are some, you know, here's a, a short list of, you know, I, of movies that I think would be good, you know, have been popular, would be worth it to see on the big screen. But I can't guarantee any of these because I don't know what the what current studio deals are in place. We don't talk to the studios. So I'm looping in the gentleman that takes care of this stuff and he will be able to further assist you. Right. Which he was. And within 24 hours, we had a confirmed booking. Yeah. So I was just like, but yeah, I, I think at one point I texted you, I was like, does she realize this? We don't just pop in a DVD. Like, yeah. it's not that simple. It's not like, it's not like you go to your friend's house and like, all right, here's my DVD collection. Go pick a movie. Like, right. that's not how this works. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's why I had to share that story. Cause I, or have you share that story because I'm just sitting there going, we like, I get wanting to kind of do something on the fly and something, especially this year with how, how everything's been, but. And we, we have kind of booked our own before, but it was for current movies. We, we yeah. already have permission to use. We already have the deals in place. We already have the, the keys for right. it's a matter of booking it and selling it. That's fine because our booking, our rentals for new movies are 
you know, full price for 25 seats anyway. Right. So there's no special deal in place. There's nothing special. Yeah. Studio she's not wanting a, she wasn't wanting a current movie. She was wanting a, um, a, retro. a retro movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, like I said, I, I don't have a problem with people coming in and asking about it. It's when they want to go, well, we'd like to do it tomorrow or tonight if you have anything. And it's like, no, we need, we need more time. Yeah. Like there is like, I would say book that at least a week, if not two weeks. In Most of the rentals that we've done are at least a week, if not more in advance. We've had a few last minute, but usually they've at least contacted and got the ball rolling several days in advance. It's just, they didn't get it finalized until the day or two before. Yeah. And the ones that are last minute, they don't do for the weekend. They do for like a weekday that they know we're going to be slow and that there's going to be options of shows to cancel. Right. But when you come at us and you're like, I know it's a holiday weekend, but can I get one? To- no, no, you, you can't get one tomorrow. We've sold the just about everything. Yeah, yeah, just, just don't, don't do that. So, uh, you know, give us time. Contact. Go, go through the proper channels. Don't, don't just come yeah. to us. If you want to come to us to get initial information and need, need to give us, give you that information. Yeah, if you're unsure how it works and you want to talk to somebody, sure, go in and say something. But if they say, we don't do it, here's the person you want to talk to take that information and say thank you and walk away right which i've done several times they come in they're like i'm curious about this but i don't know how it works i'm like here i'm giving you an email address email this person tell them what you want he will walk you through the whole process yeah yeah especially especially with retro titles because like i said with the current movies that are out the new movies you're paying full price 25 seats period end of story but the retro titles it varies depending on the title in the studio Mm-hmm. like some of them are going to say flat out no some of them certain they'll allow certain movies and not others some of them will expect more money some of them they uh, we also uh i know home office works out deals for certain movies for short periods of time that, hey for this you know for this month you can get these titles for 99 dollars for 25 people but anything else it's you know 250 to 400 dollars depending on what you get like and we can't keep track of all that stuff because we're not booking it so we can't even really quote you a price unless you're wanting a current movie. Right. In which case, again, full price, 25 people. So go through the proper channels. If the person at the theater says, we don't handle this, but talk to this person, don't, just just listen to them and say, okay, and contact that person. Yeah, yeah. don't don't push it because that's going to make us less likely to want to help you. So yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway. So had something funny happen to us uh, through the, uh, the Twitter sphere this weekend. So as we've done this show for, oh God, coming up on two years in March. Has it uh, been that long? It's been that, well, since we reported our first episode. Yeah, two years. Wow. Um, yeah, I know, right? Uh, we have dripped little clues here, there, and everywhere about where we, where we work. Now, we've told you guys, we live in Kansas City. We do this. We, we've dropped enough hints. You can probably figure out where we are. Somebody finally did it. Uh, I'm still not going to just flat out say where yeah. we are or any of that. I'm not going to confirm or deny anything, which is really a confirmation. Anyway. But they, the fact that we've already said we don't work for AMC. Right. So, uh, yeah, we have, we have done enough that, that somebody could go, that's where they are. Anyway, I, I will just deny, deny, deny. Anyway, but somebody did figure it out. Uh, so I have, to give, uh, I have to give a little shout out to Nate from Virginia. Nate solved it. Uh, I think I'm going to have to get him on. He's also another uh, employee for a movie theater chain. Uh, I'm not going to drop a whole bunch of specifics there uh, because I do know which which one it is that 
Yeah, he just flat out told me. So. <laughs> uh, nice kid. I've been talking to him. Uh, apparently, he's wanting to. He he loves theater buildings. Um, so we've been talking about you know various like big landmarks such as like the Chinese theater in L.A., uh, the Egyptian, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even some of the ones for different chains across the country. Uh, apparently he'd love to, what he wants to do at some point is maybe do a road trip or just a trip out here to the Kansas City area to check out some of the theaters in the area, including ours, which I said, you should do it. Totally. By the way, check these out as well if you want to see some cool <laughs> stuff. Uh, but yeah, I just, I thought that was funny. It's like, we've been doing this for almost two years and finally, somebody finally said, or like, you know, without prompting, just said, that's where you're at. And I'm like, I am not going to tell you anything else. <laughs> um. We need to send him, if he does come out here, we need to send him to, it's not currently a movie theater, but it was originally a movie theater, to uh, the Midland. Yes, definitely. I didn't even think about that. Uh, I did tell him to check it. I adore that building. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The acoustics are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we have seen, we have seen movies there. So. Sure. uh, We have. We've seen, well, we watched uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 come mm-hmm. through, and we watched Say Anything there. So, yep. um, yeah, so we, we've, we've actually seen it used as a theater venue. So, yep. um, I've also seen, uh, uh, who did we go see there? Uh, we saw Lewis Black there, and I think that's it. I think that's all I've seen. Uh, I saw David Cook there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I had to mention the acoustics, because he literally put down his mic and just melted out on the stage with no microphone or anything and you could he was like this is only going to work if y'all shut up <laughs> right but it was it was pretty cool yeah uh, i've also seen celtic thunder there a couple times right i feel like there's more that i that i'm forgetting but oh well yeah not important gotcha but yeah but uh no nate uh like i said nate congratulations on figuring it out i'll have to send you a t-shirt at some point some of our sweet swag for for that little prize <laughs> slash bribery to shut you up uh <laughs> not, not that i think he's gonna he's gonna go sit there and go to our corporate office and say these guys are talking shit on you I'm like we're not talking shit on corporate we're talking shit on our customers there's a difference so uh, i don't you know, think we've said anything that would get us in trouble but yeah i i don't think. i, I don't want to push it <laughs> yeah. um no. But I like my job and I would like to keep it. Right. Uh, I would like to eventually come back to it full time whenever this shit shows over. So, uh, no, anyway, it uh, seems like a great kid. He, uh, it, yeah, definitely loves his, his theater buildings, kind of a kind of a theater or like a history nerd, kind of like we are. So, yep. um, yeah, so we've talked about uh, some of the, the big locations to, to go hit uh, all across the country. So, um but yeah i think i think we we might try and get him on at some point to come and share he's he's got some stories about some of the shit he's put up with including this weekend so um just good to know that it's uh it's just as wacky on the east coast as it is here in the midwest <laughs> so uh anyway um yeah so uh you want to talk about dune sure i feel like we need to talk about dune before we go on to anything else so all right, so if you're tuning in for the first time ever, first off, shame on you. You don't have to go all the way back to the beginning, but <laughs> as a matter of fact, I wouldn't recommend it. But uh, we've been doing, uh, been reading Dune as part of a lead up to what was supposed to be a December 2020 release uh, that has now been pushed back to October. Uh, when we last left off, we had got like it because we wouldn't have made it anyway. No, we wouldn't have. Uh, we'd have had to do a lot more chapters at one go. 
Um, and yeah, <laughs> so anyway, uh, when we last left off, we had had a dinner party with, with the Atreides and several people in their circle uh, with a lot of tension. And then we also had uh, Lady Jessica and Two for Huat finally having a come to Jesus talk where she revealed she, she ain't to be trifled with. And he went, Oh shit. <laughs> so, uh, so we read, we had three chapters we're doing this week, 18, 19 and 20. If you've been keeping track um, because they were all relatively short. I think for me, it was a grand total, of like 22 pages. So. Uh, I don't remember. I wasn't keeping track. That's okay. Well, it's different on your end anyway, because you have yeah. smaller pages, you know? Yeah. As they, I, I have more pages than you so yeah so either way fast read and especially fast this week so uh we're just gonna combine all three of these together shit gets real real quick in yes. chapter 18 uh yeah. because in chapter 18 duke leto is kind of roaming about the 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 thing we've been leading up to this entire time has finally happened yes uh, early on in this book, we, we had read from Dr. Yue that he was planning on betraying mm -hmm. the Duke just so that way he could get revenge on Baron Harkonnen, uh, which is a crazy plan, but okay, that's, that's your plan, Doc. I mean, whatever you're going to do. Well, anyway, uh, so yeah, so Duke Leto is going down the hallways of, of the palace where they're, they're staying and comes across two, count them, two bodies, one of whom is still barely alive, and it's Housekeeper Mapes, who is trying to, yes, who's been stabbed, uh, and is trying to, to, trying to warn him. Yes, except it's too late. He's already been shot by a dart, and that's when Dr. Yue comes out of the, out of the shower, or the shadows, out of the shower. He comes out of the shower, butt-ass naked, and him in the dark. No, comes out of the shadows. Uh, to let him know, I am sorry, but I have to do this. Um, yeah. And this is the only way that it's going to work. And you're not going to be alone. So I just need you to remember the two. The yeah, two. I, he says, I can't get close enough to Baron Harkonnen to kill him. So the only way is for you to do it. And basically, basically, he's forcing him to commit suicide. suicide. Murder suicide. Like, I don't have a choice, so I'm making you do it. Yeah. Uh, which but it says in exchange, I will make sure that Jessica and Paul are saved. Yeah. Pause for a second. So, yeah. So the thing he keeps repeating to him is remember the tooth. Remember the tooth. Yeah. Uh, so as, as Duke Leto is passing out, we're finding out that UA is going to put basically a poison gas capsule in as, uh, on one of his teeth or to replace one of his teeth. Yeah. So he, needs he, has to to, he has to bite down on it and then blow out and it will blow the poison gas into Baron Harkonnen's face and everyone dies. The, Essentially. Uh, at least that's the plan. To which I'm sitting here reading it and I'm going, UA, that is the dumbest plan I think I've ever heard. <laughs> you would be better off just going in there with a just a bomb strapped to you and just taking it, take him out yourself. Yeah. Like, I mean, if I wanted revenge that bad, I would not be dragging other people into it. Like, right. you know, that's just me. So, <clears throat> anyway. So, yeah, so that's happening to, to the Duke. Meanwhile, Lady Jessica is waking up bound and gagged mm -hmm. and being taken to, or uh, already taken to Baron Harkonnen. 
to which he's basically telling uh, Peter DeVry, the uh, the Mintat assassin that he has, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm honestly kind of excited to see how David Desmulshin is going to play that. Like, I just, I'm <laughs> going, ooh, it's just, I get super creepy vibes. Um, and so while she is, well, with her internal monologue, she is trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to get out of this? And mm-hmm. how, what have they done to my son? Like, that's her, obviously her biggest concern is Paul. Because yeah. um, they've, they've gagged her, so she can't use the voice. Yes. As it's uh, called. Right. So uh, Harkonnen basically leaves it up to Peter DeVry to say, okay, you can... Do, it, do as you please. Yeah, pretty much. And says, you can have her, you know, because uh, I'm assuming just to assault her and do with her what he wants. Or you can get rid of her and you can have you can basically be a duke and everything except name and report to me and have power. Yeah. Lady power, lady power. Well, he's going to go power because that's ultimately what he wants. Yes. So anyway, so now the plan is so, and part of this plan too, Harkonnen needs, needs to have just basically, uh, basically needs to be able to absolve himself and plausible deniability and needs to be able to t- say to the truth sayers uh, who are basically like the council that can tell whether or not you're lying um, and basically say, I don't know what happened to her. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they did. And that's the plan. Peter DeVry also knows this. And so also says, yeah, uh, to the guards, take her, get rid of her, do what you have to do. Yeah. So the end. Well, of course she gets shuffled away with Paul uh, who, <laughs> is also bound and was he gagged i don't think he was no he was not gagged so he was just bound um so yeah so they are being taken out they are going to be dropped in the desert basically become giant worm chow um sounds like a terrible way to go so but But supposedly ua has arranged for uh, he just he wasn't very specific he just said people who hate the harkonnen so much that they will burn a chair that a harkonnen sat on yes and supposedly UA is going to arrange it so that Jessica and Paul are taken in by these people and hidden and the Harkonnens will believe that they are dead. Yeah. And therefore they're safe. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, of course, they are put on, on the Thopter to be taken out to the desert, to be dropped out um, and left for dead. And, of course, along the way, so we find out one of these two guards, uh, who they keep referring to as Scarface throughout the chapter, which made me chuckle, uh, is apparently deaf, mm-hmm. and so the voice won't really work on him. Yeah, he was picked specifically so that he would be immune to the voice. Right. So uh, she can't. She can't gain control of him. Right. Um, yeah. So on the way out there, they basically the two guards kind of come to you know start having this conversation about. Well, she's very pretty. Well, how often do you get a chance like this with nobility? Uh, and it's a very disturbing. Not even. Uh, explicit conversation but the implications are there and it's yeah. you're just i'm sitting there reading it like oh please let them get out of this when they when they start using phrases such as it's just such a waste yeah in conjunction with how pretty she is yeah and have you ever had a highborn mm. Mm. i mean i'm i just never had a highborn when you're like uh, uh I don't like where this is going yeah um so in this instance paul of course also has the capability of the voice, but he is not... He hasn't mastered it. He hasn't mastered it. So, but gets just enough to get things rolling. 
and get them he, to un- he managed yeah manages to convince them to take off his mom's gag right to which she starts manipulating them into fighting with each other um by doing this whole seductive you know i don't i don't yeah. that to- she has to be very careful how she does it though because the one is deaf so the voice isn't working but she has to make it seem like she has to control the other guard without the deaf guard realizing what she's doing right so she has to choose her words very carefully yes and in doing so she manages to convince them to turn on each other and fight over her right basically as a distraction and convinces them to let paul go to just let him go yes paul sees his opportunity and just takes them out (laughs) yes so uh yeah so we find we find that out uh and has the proper teenage response of i don't know some opportunity so i took it it. shoot your shot kid (laughs) so anyway so from there on so in the final in the third chapter chapter 20 very brief yeah so we're trying to figure out exactly how ua is going to do this uh and apparently his plan is he has already taken uh the duke's signet ring Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically put with a note and fold it up and put it on that thopter that they were on because it didn't have the markings yeah. of, of UA. So Lady Which Jessica... At the, yeah, at the end of the previous chapter, Lady Jessica points out that there was a package underneath the pilot seat, so they go back into the thopter to retrieve it. Yeah. To which then in the next chapter, you find out that it's, it's the signet ring and a note that UA had planted. Yes. Um so yeah so a lot a lot happens in a very short amount of time uh in these across these pages um this this was exciting and this is where we finally we're finally getting to like the meat of the story like uh you know ultimately baron harkonnen just wants basically to control the rackets all the spice um but now now we know peter devry also has his machinations on also having that same power uh the duke's obviously in danger uh so so i had kept predicting i don't think this twist is going to go uh as as we're kind of being led to believe and i still don't think it will um i don't think the duke survives i'm just gonna say that right now i agree so sorry sorry uh to uh oscar isaac we we hardly knew you i love you but you're you're gonna die yeah so um but I also don't think this this plan of UA's is going to work either, and it's going no. to result in his death. It's, well. it's not going to go as planned at all. No. no. Um, but I feel like we're getting ready to also meet some more of the freemen that are going to help mm-hmm. lead this big battle and evolution or revolution against the Harkonnen hordes and all that. I was immensely entertained and like glued to my book. And like when I finished that third chapter, I was sitting there going, I want to keep going. (laughs) Why do we stop here? Uh, Trisha, what were your thoughts as you were reading this? This is probably the first time that I've really, truly been sucked into it. Like I wouldn't say I haven't been enjoying the book, but it's probably one that I would have started and then, not been immensely sucked into and put down in favor of another book. Right. If not for for this forcing me to keep going. Right. But this is the first time that I got to the end and I kind of wanted to keep going too. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been a slow burn. And uh, I've, so I wound up rewatching the trailer for the movie uh, Mm -hmm. last night after reading those chapters. Um, 
and, and I, I'm loving it because the, the trailer does not seem to reveal a whole lot past where, where we're at in the story. Um, I would assume we're going to see Duncan Idaho in action uh, at yeah. some point after this. And I'm really excited mm -hmm. to see where that's going to go. Uh, as far as storytelling goes, it's, it's been, like I said, it's taken a while to get there. It's a slow build. It's a lot of world building. But I think the payoff is, about, is coming. Yeah. And, and like this is just one of those little payoffs to keep you going. And so I'm really excited to see how this is going to turn out. Now, will I wind up reading the sequels afterwards? I don't know. Probably not, because there's just so many. Yeah. I have, uh, as I was telling somebody this week, I got three books for Christmas, and I had like 18 I bought last year, and I still haven't read all of those yet. My TBR so. pile is ridiculous. Right. Always has. I mean, it always is, but. Same, same. I have books from like the past 20 years I haven't read, so. Yep. Um, but I own them. I own them. One day, one day. There's just not enough time. Uh, right. So, now please don't step on my glasses. Uh Anyway, how many times are we going to reference that episode of Twilight Zone? I don't know. I don't know either. Anyway. The limit does not exist. It's true. The limit does not exist. Uh, anyway, uh, Ripley, Wingle Potty, Wingle Play, get out of here. Just go. You're looking at the door. Or are you trying to hide from Riker? Anyway. Yeah. Um, no, I'm excited to see where it goes. So we'll see how many chapters we do on the next episode, which won't be until after 2021 has finally hit. So, sure. woo! All right, so we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we got to talk about Wonder Woman 1984. I will warn you, spoilers are in are going to happen. Um, so, luckily, most of you have access to this damn movie, so you should be all caught up. I feel like everybody watched it this weekend anyway, so at least yeah. that blew up. So, um, we're going to talk about that. Did you ever get to watch Soul this weekend? Not yet. Okay, we'll hold off on talking about that until till next time, um, and then. We've also got a couple little movie news tidbits we got to talk about. So stick around. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jam. So you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. All right, we're back. So... Uh, Wonder Woman 84, big movie at the box office this weekend, actually had the best opening of the, the movie since the pandemic started. Uh, Tenet, which was one of the previous big openings, uh, only opened to like 9.4 over its opening weekend with about 20 million over the entire week with those early shows that they had. Um, Wonder Woman blasted that opening weekend itself out of the water at 16.7 million. Now, granted, any other time, I would sit there and go, whew, that's not good. But <laughs> under current circumstances, that's great. Uh, like I said, we, we saw the biggest upturn in business uh, we've seen since March. Um, our previous busiest day was not Thanksgiving Day itself, but the day after. Black Friday. Which was 3.50, I think, somewhere mm -hmm. around there. Yeah. Usually a busy quote-unquote Saturday these days is like 
two to two fifty. Right. Um, we've seen weekdays as low as like twenty five. Yeah. So yeah, Black Friday and the day after both did over three hundred. I think even Thanksgiving Day did almost three hundred, if not three hundred. Yeah. But yeah, the previous busiest day was three fifty. Right. Christmas Day we did nine sixty. Yeah. Uh, we did the, almost triple. Well, the day our previous after, busiest day. Right. The day after that, I looked at it. We did about seven hundred, mm-hmm. seven twenty, somewhere in there. And uh, even Sunday with the Chiefs game, I think we still did like three hundred. Yeah. Because it picked up after the game. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. It was two hundred when I came in. So, um, yeah. So we we picked up a lot of walk-in business after that. Yeah. Uh, so so this tells me a couple things, or at least, and just I'm spitballing here. Um, People are looking for big event movies, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Always. Which, why, why would you not want to see a Wonder Woman or something like that on the big screen? Um, mm-hmm. Tenet was a different story just because, like, the brand name there isn't the movie itself. It's Christopher Nolan. Um, yeah. And like I said, that instead of opening over the weekend like just a normal opening, they they spread it out over an entire week. Mm-hmm. So therefore its opening number was not as strong. And I feel like most Christopher Nolan movies are a little more niche. Right. Because they do tend to be a bit more complex. Right. They also have a tendency to have long legs after their initial weekend. Yes. Um, and that's that's where like we, they make a lot of their money. tenant for a while. Yeah. So now granted it did not I think it's only clear like 350 million at the global box office this year but that's again under current circumstances and I think we said it needed to clear at least 400 to break even. Yeah. Um so but yeah like I said this tells me people want to people want to get to the movies. Like they yeah. want to get to the movies again. If they can do it safely they'll do it safely. People also want to see the big name items on the big screen. I don't know what the HBO Max numbers were. Um, but we, we did this at 50, uh, 50% capacity, the 16.7 million, 50% capacity across 40% of all screens in the United States, mm-hmm. Canada. That's not bad. That's not, incl- you know, obviously we don't have New York or LA to work with. We don't, I don't think we have Chicago right now. Um, but that's still pretty good. Had we had, had we had all those screens open? And, you know, those cities open and at 100% capacity, this is easily a $100, $150 million opening for a yeah. open weekend, if not more. The only thing I can say that I really noticed was different about this opening compared to, you know, previous openings of its kind, as far as it being on HBO Max at the same time, mm-hmm. is the, the people who walked in wanting tickets, when they realized that they either had to wait until that night or another day, or pick seats that were not ideal. And right. I mean not ideal, I mean the like front row seats that like no one wants. They were much quicker to be like, you know what, never mind, we'll 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 pass and leave. Whereas before it was either, yeah, we'll take whatever seats you have, or there'd be a whole drawn out conversation of do you want to wait? Do you want to try another theater? Do you want to do another day? Right. Like they were very quick to be like, mm, I don't like those seats, so just never mind. Forget it. And they'll walk away. Yeah, which was kind of nice because I get sick of having a line and people standing there having a whole conversation about what to do, and I'm like, can you can you go away and make this have this conversation so I can help people? Yeah, but I 
I wonder how many of those people that were just like, mm, no, don't like those seats, never mind, decided to just go home and watch it. Right. Um, yeah, and, and that that is where Warner Brothers has hurt itself on yes. this, and I think that's what they're going to quickly realize. Now, granted, this is one big stunt for them to get more subscribers to HBO Max. I get. I it. think they're going to start backtracking on some of the bigger movies and some of the movies later next year. Right. Um, they, Especially Dune. I would be shocked if they still open Dune day and date on HBO Max by, well, that's, by uh, next December. Talk, I think we talked about this a week or two ago uh, that or a couple, they're no, already, couple months ago that they're already pursuing legal action to get that off the fucking table. Um, so yeah, but that's, that's what that tells me is that people want to get out, they want to see movies and they want to see the big movies on the big screen. If I would say if Warner Brothers had not put the movie on HBO Max, or at least waited a month before they did it, this number would have easily doubled, if not tripled. Um, we would have had we would have had more people going, yeah, we'll go ahead and take those crappy seats. Or, okay, what's the next showtime that you can get us? Yeah. Where where can we go? Or, or all right, fine, I'll do, see it. We can go tomorrow, we can go Sunday. Yeah, let me check and see what other things have it. You know, the, yeah. a lot more of that. So while they're not going to put as much effort into finding an open, decent seat as when they can just go home and watch it instead. Right. Which in the long run is going to cost them money. Uh, you know, like I said, it's great for people who don't care about seeing things yeah. on the big screen, which I don't understand. how. And I've, I've said it before. It's going to hurt both us and Warner Brothers on the rewatch level. Yeah. Because when you get these big movies like this, you get the hardcore fans that will come in and watch it two, three, four times. And now they're going to come see it the one time in theaters and then they're just going to rewatch it at home. Because why would you spend another, you know, 10 plus bucks per ticket plus concessions and the time to go out there and find a seat and all this when you've already watched on the big screen once, you can just go home and watch it again. Right. So I think that's what, and I, I've already kind of noticed even in, you know, it's, it's been four days since I'm not working today. In the four days it's been out, the the ticket sales for it have already started to drop steeply. Yeah. Friday, we sold out of pretty much everything. Saturday, we did well. Most of the good seats were taken. By Sunday, okay, Chiefs game, it dropped off. By Monday, yeah, we were practically back to a normal Monday. Right. I will be curious to see how next weekend is uh, with it being New Year's Same. and being off. Um, we have nothing new coming out, so the right it's going to be wonder woman is going to be the big draw again and i'm curious to see if we still do anywhere near the business we did right. which i don't think we will no i don't i don't either um and because we have i'm pretty sure we have hardly any pre-sales for it for next weekend we have some but not a lot right uh so yeah so i think somebody had tweeted at us and said well this is the norm, new normal you're gonna have to get used to it and i'm going i, I don't know it's, like, it's it's the temporary normal yeah well, this is not going to be a long-term thing. I, I feel very confident in saying that. Studios are going to very quickly realize this is not the way to go in the future. Because no. they're not going to make as much money. Right. Yeah, Warner Brothers is going to sit here and go, okay, we... Now, granted, they've gone ahead and, and they've greenlit and they're fast-tracking Wonder Woman 3, which is fine. Yeah. They, know, they know it's a moneymaker for them. Yeah. The question becomes, do they go ahead and stick with this day-and-date release or do they go strictly theatrical release on it which by the time it comes out, I have a feeling we will we will already be out of this. Like we will yeah. be going the pandemic. Things should be going back to normal. But 
Yeah, the the just the the sheer dollars and cents of it make absolutely no sense to keep doing this uh, as a one-time thing or you know the first three months of 2021 yeah sure we've harped yeah. on this enough in the last few episodes there's no reason to keep doing this for a full year until we know as we get closer to those days you know uh and now granted covid numbers are going on the rise we have you know we have numbers going up but there's a vaccine that's coming too it's 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 a slow rollout uh, but uh, President-elect Biden just yesterday said when he, when he gets into office, he will initiate the Defense Production Act so that way we can get the oh, vaccine out to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Once that happens, people, the people, the smart, I'm not going to say the smart people, but the smart people, are going to go get that vaccine and get people back to normal life. And that's what we want, you know. Um, yeah, it... Yeah, this. I, I still feel like if things if things go well mm -hmm. and are kind of tracked the way it seems like they're going to track, we could see. I wouldn't say normal back to normal, but in a much much improved situation by June July. Right. We'll have a good chunk of the population vaccinated. The numbers should be going down. You should start. We should be seeing mandates starting to loosen by then. Yeah. So to be like oh yeah we're gonna still release day and date next december yeah by next december this could all be right or willing a, a bitter memory that we still complain about for years to come because right. that's who we are as people yes like yeah you remember 2020 is the most inconvenient year ever uh, Remember when we used to complain about how bad 2016 was? Right. We were just mad because they took Carrie Fisher away from us. This, <laughs> this is a little bit bigger. We, we thought 2016 was bad because a bunch of celebrities died. Can we go back to that? Right. Um, and, and that's not to make light of anybody that's lost people, no. lost no. family members this, this year because of COVID. It's just, we, we approach these things, or at least I do, uh, I approach a lot of this shit with a dark sense of humor just because uh, it's about the only way I get through. So it's my defense mechanism. Yay, mental health. Um, but yeah, there's there's no way that Warner Brothers and, and Warner Media can feasibly continue making the, mon or the, the big money blockbusters that they do and releasing them day and date on theaters and to HBO Max and still make enough money to justify making those $200 million yeah. blockbusters. Just, there isn't. There's not as much money in streaming as there is in, you know, theaters. Yeah. Releasing it in theaters. So, A, I don't think the, the time will ever come that, you know, theaters are, are going away. No, it's not. That's, that's how everyone makes their money. Right. If it does go to streaming there'll be a lot less money to be made, which means there's going to be a lot less money put into movie making. Right. So your, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars budget movies are going to go away. Think about, think about the quality of movie that you get on streaming services. Oh, there's some great, Netflix has made some great original content. But imagine if that is all you got. Yeah. Netflix quality, Netflix original quality movies is, the best of the best. That's all you got. Yeah. That's movie. That's that's all movies ever. You'd be so disappointed compared to what what we have now. Right. And there, you think they're gonna take a risk on a movie that 
they're think about a movie like Kingsman that they're like this this movie is not going to do well but we'll give you a shot here's a small budget go do it yeah oh oh it was a big hit okay yeah keep going mm-hmm. imagine a world where no one wants to give Kingsman a shot because they need to only bank on guaranteed money makers yeah think about how sad that is right so they're never going to agree to just streaming theaters will survive theaters will always be there yeah because that's how people make their movies and that's how we end up with quality movies right and and i know i know people listening now are sitting here going well what about netflix i mean they can afford netflix is in debt like up to their ears they are constantly taking out loans to make that content possible the difference is netflix has been around for 20 years and has built its subscriber base to get to this point yeah uh, and has enough subscribers maintaining on and new subscribers getting in. Not to mention deals think with about, like T-Mobile that pay them to take care of. How, think about how many people you know with a Netflix subscription compared to any other streaming service. Right. Netflix is the default. Yeah. Like if you're going to get one streaming service, nine times out of ten people are going to choose Netflix. Yes. If that's If that's the only one they're getting. Now most people have multiple yes, but Netflix is almost choice number one default the one you have to have right and then you kind of pick and choose any others you want after that yeah hulu is probably a close second yeah the difference with hulu though is that they they have the backing of well disney obviously but yeah. uh at one point it was it was like equally shared amongst fox warner brothers universal disney now it's predominantly disney and universal still has a little hand in it uh and mm-hmm. of course fox is gone now um so yeah so it's pretty well it's pretty well another disney service once it is what it is so since warner brothers went off and did their own thing with hbo max uh but like you know look at the budgets of those movies that that are coming straight to netflix uh you know i think the most expensive one was the Charlize theron's uh the old guard Mm -hmm. and it was only 60 or 70 million great flick we enjoyed it and we watched it uh but not and that and everybody's sitting there going 60 to 70 million that's a lot of money yes it is a lot of money think about how much an avengers movie costs you know or how much a wonder woman or you know any of these other movies you know tenet alone costs 200 million just to make the damn film not including marketing Mm -hmm. so a bond film can cost anywhere from these days you know two to three hundred million um you know there's there's so much money changing hands there Netflix has to do it in a smart way that gets people to come in and watch their stuff. That's why you notice a lot of the Netflix originals they have on there. Well, one, the, the dramatic series um, or the scripted series, I guess I should say, they only last three seasons at, you know, for the most part, there's a few in there, Stranger Things, Ozark, uh, uh, maybe a couple others that get more than that. But for the most part, three seasons, you cut it off uh, because you can't afford to renegotiate the actors con- the talent contracts yeah. uh, to keep them going um the movies are smaller budget they they do that on purpose because that's what they can afford to do and even when they're taking on all this debt now granted if you can get a martin scorsese to come in and make a movie for your streaming service and give him all the creative control he wants scorsese's a producer as well as a director he can he has the connections he can sit there and say invest this money no, invest this money. Look, you're not investing for for the the money to get them back. You're you're investing for the prestige. We have the Irishman. We're gonna be a best picture nominee if you just give us the money to make make the movie that we want to make. 
And everybody's going to sit there and go, I'll write that shit off. Cool. <laughs> but they're not going to do that all the time no. because they're going to eventually can't. go, I can't just, you know, give you a few million dollars to help make this movie and not see any investment or any return on my investment for it. And that's, yeah. So it, it, that's, that's why we keep saying this is not a sustainable it's really course not. of action for them to do. That's why we're, we've, we're still just miffed. Um, but back to the, to, to the story at hand, Wonder Woman did, did well, current circumstances. Mm-hmm. Uh, we watched it. We screened it on Christmas Eve as, as is tradition. Um, always, always watch at least one of the big Christmas Day releases the night before, just so that way we can, you know, tell somebody, oh yeah, we watched this and it was great. You should definitely go see it. It's selling out like, you know, hotcakes, but, uh, so we watched it. I, it's getting a lot of hate on the internet and I'm not entirely sure why. So that's why, uh, so if you haven't watched Wonder Woman 84 yet, uh, shut this off, go to your local multiplex Watch it there. Support your local theater. If you don't have a theater open near you, I guess go ahead and watch it on HBO Max. But you're not going to get the same effect. Um, but go buy a gift card online. Yes, and then go buy a gift card online to your favorite movie theater and help them stay in, stay in business. So we watched it Christmas Eve. Um, so like I said, we're getting into spoiler territory on this one. Uh, I immensely enjoyed it i thought it was a good movie i thought it was well made uh was it better than the first one no um but even the first one had its issues uh that entire third act with finale with with aries i was just sitting there going it seems a little over my like granted it's comic book movie so overdoing it is you know par for the course uh, but sometimes like on those origin stories a smaller finale is kind of what you want to go for anyway um, instead of just blowing it up big. Uh, Wonder Woman didn't do that. And so like I said, I, I had my issues with it, but not many and not enough to sit there and say, I'd never watch it again. Um, so 84 takes a different tone where it is, uh, it seems to be a little bigger in scope, but it seems to be a lot more personal too, uh, yeah, which is the kind of the, the trademark of any good big budget sequel, um, Age of Ultron, looking at you. Um, so, yeah, so, so basically the plot point of this film is uh, Diana Prince is now living in 1984, uh, Washington, D.C., working for the Smithsonian, uh, doing artifacts, all that. She uh, winds up coming across in, in some of the artifacts there. Uh, it's called the Dreamstone, which legend has it that if you take it and you make a wish on it, your wish will come true. Uh, of course, what's never mentioned right out, out the gate is because it's always in the fine print is that it's a fucking monkey's paw and that your wish will be a twisted version of the wish you want, or you will, you'll pay the price. You'll pay the price. Here we go. So anybody that knows anything about comic books, you already know. Okay. Well now we know how Steve Trevor's coming back and ta-da, uh, Steve Trevor's back. Um, but in a random dude's body. But in a, yeah. Which we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, so yeah, uh, you also have Kristen Wiig as Barbara Minerva, who turns into Cheetah by the end of the film. Uh, who I thought she was great. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect with her as um, as a comic book villain because uh, when they announced her in the casting, I'm like, well, I like her enough. I'll I'll give her a shot. But I, after seeing her. 
Her transformation was very subtle throughout the whole thing. It really was. Because, like, she starts off, her version of Barbara Minerva is essentially any other Kristen Wiig character you've seen in, in a comedy. Like, just very uh, nerdy. Awkward, she's looked over, she's nerdy. She's, she just wants attention and to be loved. Right. Which might be why I just adore Kristen Wiig. I just, I love her to death. So, um but yeah, but as as the movie progresses, after she makes her wish to be to be more like Diana, uh, of course she gains this confidence that she didn't have before, and and you know, strength and balance and all these other things, um, to where she winds up looking drop dead gorgeous when she goes to a party, uh, and then of course by the end, of course she loses that sweetness and that the kindness that she's known for and becomes much more cold and, and calculating and uh, not willing to let go. And then you have Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal is playing Maxwell Lord, uh, who is a character we've seen uh, on Supergirl and a couple other iterations of mm -hmm. Superman uh, uh, series over the years. Uh, in this instance, he's usually played as a, a another billionaire who's got enough money and has a vendetta against Superman and all that. Yeah. In this instance, he is an entrepreneur who is basically just one big con man. Uh, but he's but, basically broke, and he's just trying to trick everybody into giving him money so he won't be broke. Right. So, uh, yeah, just playing everybody for a con man, and of course, just constantly disappointing his son because he's not spending any time with him. Uh, of course, he is also after the Dreamstone, and so the whole movie basically converges around these these three characters. Uh, with the Dreamstone, of course, it's used to bring back Steve Trevor, who, as you mentioned, comes back in another dude's body. Uh, it winds up turning uh, after, at one point, Minerva makes a wish on it and turns into the cheetah. Um, and then Pedro Pascal is just granting wishes left and right and just taking what he wants from people to amass power. Causing chaos wherever he goes. Yes, and just create sowing chaos everywhere he went. Um, so the whole movie, been watching it, and then I read an article afterwards, and I went, "Yeah, that sounds right." Basically, this is Wonder Woman eighty four is basically Superman two, uh, in that our lead hero kind of forsakes everything that she's known for and all that just to be with the one that she loves. Um, her her the main villain is basically her exact opposite in terms of strength and physicality and all that um and then of course uh somewhat megalomaniacal you know mil billionaire millionaire whatever he is uh trying to get what he wants and doing whatever he can to get through it a lot of parallels there you know i think people don't like it why is that the lesson is all about personal responsibility uh <laughs> sacrificing for the greater good um yeah. <laughs> you know what? Now that you've said it, that's that's the answer. Uh, well, and Patty Jenkins... It's because all these people have been running around doing whatever they want, not wearing masks, endangering everybody else, saying, I'm not going to listen to what you tell me to do. And then they, all, they just had to go sit through a two and a half hour movie, basically <laughs> saying, you're a selfish piece of shit and you shouldn't be. And now they're pissed. There you go, guys. Trisha just cracked the code. Well, and it's funny that you mentioned that because if you ask Patty Jenkins that question, her response is, honestly, it's, it's about people and their responsibility with climate change. 
And I'm going, I can see that too. But now that you've said that, I'm like, yeah, it's just personal responsibility. Personal, personal responsibility, selflessness, and sacrificing for the greater good. Yeah. All things we're struggling with right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> what a timely movie. Uh, yeah. So, I love the movie. What did you think? Sorry, I've, I've gone enjoyed on. it. Like conversations about nitpicky things. Mm-hmm. And like some of the things that people are complaining about are, yeah, they're nitpicky things. Like, like people complain about her riding the lightning. Like, okay, well, yeah. Like I even said, like she at one point she lassoes a cloud and uses it to propel herself further forward. And I'm like, that what? That, that how did you lasso air vapor? Like that makes no sense. But I'm also sitting here like it's a comic book movie. Yeah, they do all sorts of things that make no sense. So I'm not gonna let stupid nitpicky typical comic book issues ruin it. I don't. The only reason I can think of the other people are the same reason that any female-led superhero movie gets criticized for the same things any other do. Because how many of these comic book fans are misogynistic dudes that don't like the idea of a woman being better than them? Right. And will complain about any female-led superhero movie. Yeah. Marvel's not even immune to this. No, no. It was it was especially bad after Captain Marvel, and I shudder to think what it's going to be like after Black Widow, but here we are. Uh, yeah, no, what I'm seeing a lot of, at least on the internet, is a lot of people, there, and there are a lot of people that have, like, their legitimate gripes about the film, mm-hmm. and, and that's totally fine. I, I, I don't get into that near as much, but I see a lot of people that are just sitting there going, well, it was just dumb, and it was just, it was so disjointed. I'm like, it was a coherent plot. Like, what yeah. was disjointed about it? Uh, to me, like I said, my, my biggest issue with the movie um, is, is the pacing. It's, yeah. It just, it does feel a little slower, but that gives us a lot of time with these characters to breathe and, and get to know them better. Uh, I will say that uh, the way that they brought back Steve Trevor, it, it was fine for the movie. I don't know that I would have just straight up done that just because that felt like kind of an easy way out. Yeah, it was, and it's a little problematic. Well, okay, so the problematic issue which we've just mentioned on here just a minute ago. So everybody, that's what I'm seeing a lot of. There's everybody going on and on about, well, they, he came back in some other dude's body and then she slept with him and this, that, and the other. And so this poor dude that we know nothing about has no autonomy whatsoever until the very end of the film. And they do not address it whatsoever. We have no clue yeah. beyond she runs into him later and apparently he doesn't know who she is so we assume that that means he has no memory of any of it happening but like what happened to him in that time right like did he just disappear also i was saying the other day i was like this dude had to have people in his life he had to have a job like he had an apartment in dc he's got to have a job no obligations what if you know it's make it pretty obvious it's a bachelor apartment so we assume he doesn't have a, a girlfriend or a wife that he lives with but right. did he have a girlfriend like does is there not people in his life that didn't notice that he was just mia for several days while yeah. all this was going on yeah like it's just they were just kind of like yeah he's in another dude's body anyway moving on like, right. like no like the, there's some things that have to do with this that should have been addressed yeah now uh, if that would have been part of the plot that at some point later it comes up and diana has to you know come to terms with the fact that she's glossed over this i would be okay with that if they addressed it but right. they didn't we're just supposed to be okay with the fact that steve trevor just took over someone's body right 
and the most we get of it is him looking in the mirror criticizing what he looks like yeah like that, that's it right so okay so my response to that is uh well i'm just gonna pull out of the, the mst3k handbook and just go it's a movie i should really just relax <laughs> but no so so the people that are going on about uh in all honesty, the things that that we're worried about, like, does he have a family? Does he have this? Does he have that? Ultimately are not important in the grand scheme of things. And, and as, as far as the story goes, yes, it's things that we can sit there and wonder. And I think the best movies leave you those little things. So that way you can kind of sit there and piece it together yourself and have these conversations like we're doing. Um, but it, it, I, I also have to say, I feel like the way they did it, they're also trying to make us forget that it's someone else's body because... Right. When you initially see him, it's it's the dude, mm -hmm. and then as soon as Diana realizes it's it's him, mm -hmm. Chris Pine, and it's Chris Pine the whole time. Right. Like it's like they want you to forget that yeah. he's in another dude's body. In which case, I'm like, why even bother putting him in another dude's body at that point? If you're just gonna use Chris Pine for pretty much the entire movie, right? Why not just have Chris Pine come back? Yeah. No. So so with just that, put him in his own body. Yeah, so with that, I, I go, I, I actually agree with you on that. Like, if you're going to have him be in somebody else's body, I do think that you had some, some opportunities for some probably cliched but comedic gold by having him possibly run into a coworker mm -hmm. or a friend or whoever, just so that way you can, you can have that and let Chris Pine play with that a bit. Um, but, in the, again, in the scheme of things with, the way the dreamstone works and the God that created it and all of that, it's, it's every dream is twisted or every wish is twisted in, in some way. It's that monkey's paw aspect. So it, the, the stone does not care who, who gets hurt or whatever. It's just, and it, I, I, I did that. So like I said, so, so I don't, I don't nitpick on that near as hard, but I will agree that there are some missed opportunities there with that. But trying to use that as a reasoning for it is, is, is like saying that the filmmakers are bound by the rules they made up. Yeah. They control what the rules of the Dreamstone is, are. Mm -hmm. So it's not like, well, well, I mean, it's, the Dreamstone says that he has to be in another body. You wrote the damn movie. Right. You chose to put him in another body. So you don't get to use the Dreamstone as an excuse for why that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So. They could have said, okay, he's back, but he's still in his own decaying body and he's got to walk around with chunks of flesh falling off of them that would still fit within your rules of the dream the, it, the it would it would but this is this is wonder woman and it's supposed to be light and happier than than batman we're not going to get into i know but i'm just saying <laughs> they could have they there there was other ways to make the dream twisted yeah. besides having this poor innocent man just have someone else thrust into his body to walk around sleeping with women and doing whatever he wanted and risking his life right in a body that's not his yeah so yeah, I, it's I not necessary. No, it's not. But and again, it, if you're just going to show us Chris Pine the entire time, yeah, why even bother putting him in someone else's body? Right. Just so, have him wake up in his own body in a random abandoned apartment. Yeah. And be like, what the f just happened? Right. What cracks me up is is the number of people that are sitting there going, well, well, Wonder Woman wouldn't have done that to to somebody in the first place, and this that, and the other, and I'm going. Uh, that's Hold on. The whole that's the whole lesson of the movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, Wonder Woman's not infallible. She no. she definitely, as she says, I only see you, hence why we only see Chris Pine the entire time. But I only see you. That is all she's focused. She's got her the love yeah. of her life back. That's what she is focused Anyone who complains that Diana's acting out of character missed the point. Well, these are probably the same people that said that Cap was selfish when he went back in time and saved Peggy, but... Don't get me started on that. <laughs> Do not get me started on Cap's ending because I will fight every single person that tries to say it's out of character. I will. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but anyway, like I said, problems uh, Problems aside, I thought the movie was great. Like, the action sequences were, were excellent. Uh, I did not... The one thing I wish we could have gotten here, which it's you'll never replicate it, um, the equivalent of the no man's land scene from the first. Yeah, movie, you know that that is for me. Yeah. That's what made that first movie. Um, the the chase through the desert um, in Egypt uh, mm. was a really cool sequence, but it, it just doesn't quite top that that moment. You know. Yeah. Um, my other big issue is with the finale when she actually does fight Cheetah. It's too dark, uh, which, yeah. granted, when you're using CGI characters, what's a good way to cover up those flaws? Make it dark. Uh, and I also said I, I don't like how much they're, like, swinging through the air. It made it very difficult to track what was going on. Yeah. Between how dark it was and them constantly swinging around, and it was, just, it, there was, it was too hard to follow. Yeah. Yeah. So... Those were my big issues. Um, other than that, I thought the movie was great. I thought it was a very worthy uh, successor mm -hmm. to to the original. Like uh, I said, these are all nitpicky things. Overall, I, I did yeah. enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one of the... Th I, I'm going to... You know, people need to stop taking comic book movies so seriously. Agreed. Uh, I'm, I'm going it's to... It's supposed to be fun. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil the big cameo at the end. I think I think you need to watch it because that that for me that made that made the whole movie. I, I know we've covered spoilers in this. Oh yeah, if you're still going to see it in the theater, there is one mid credit scene and that's it. Please do yeah. not stay till the very end. Yes, it's uh, really annoying for theater employees who know there's nothing at the end and have to sit there and wait for you to leave thing clean because we're not going to volunteer the information because then someone's going to yell at us for rushing them out. Yeah, there's one mid credit scene and that's it. Yeah. Go home. Yep. Um, so yeah, all in all though, I thought it was great. I, I, I can't rave enough about it. I really enjoyed it. I, I think the Superman 2 comments and, and comparisons, I think they're very apt. And I, as much as I don't really care for the Superman character, my favorite Superman movie outside of Man of Steel is Superman 2 um, because it does all those things to help make, make our, our hero... Yeah more human um so you know in superman 2 you know he he's got to go up against people that are just as strong as he is in wonder woman she's she's got to choose between personal responsibility uh and giving up the love of her life again uh to save the world like you know that, that's that's pretty much what it boils down to um so yeah so the people that are shitting on it though i, I just i just don't get it like if you can yeah. like if you want to give me like an actual like critical response like if you if you thought it was just too slow i'll accept that because yeah. i agree it was it was a little slower paced than i like especially for being a two and a half hour movie right with not as much action packed in in between um but the action we do have in the movie is a lot of fun the mall sequence to to start the movie with is mm -hmm. freaking great and that and that again shades of superman 2 in there um 
yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Did you have any other thoughts you wanted to add to this? No. Okay. Well, we'll finally move on from Wonder Woman 84. Uh, I'm sure everybody's sitting there going, Jesus Christ, I shouldn't <laughs> tell me about it. I'm not even going to bother watching it. But uh, check it out. We highly recommend it. Like I said, go see it in a theater if you can. Um, uh, the biggest screen you can find yeah. with the best sound, go check it out at a theater if you can. Um, not And not just because we want you to go to a movie theater and, and help save a movie theater, but because that's the way you really want to see a movie like this. Even if you don't wind up yeah. liking it. We we didn't really care for Mulan. I liked it more than the rest of this bunch here, but uh, I'm not going back to rewatch it, but I really wish we would have seen it on a big screen because honestly, that can make a bigger difference yeah. to... It was beautifully shot. Yeah. That, like that said, can, my, first, my first reaction was this should have been seen on a big screen. Yeah. Because um, I'll even say with the Lion King remake, as bored by it as I was, I, I, I certainly wouldn't have watched it at home and gotten the same because I would have looked at it at home and said, "All right, I'm already bored. Shut it off." <laughs> um, but like I said, the because I have to give them credit, the the technology is fantastic to see used on the big screen. When you're watching it at home, here's my thing: when I when I'm watching a new movie at home, I've got four dogs. I can't sit and just watch the movie. I have to sit there, make sure they're all quiet, and then like a third of the way through, they'll start barking and all that shit. I, uh, we have our phones that distract us. I can't just put it away. Like there's, there's a lot of reasons to not be watching movies at home like that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for your first time. Um, One of my bad coping mechanisms for anxiety that I'm still trying to unlearn is struggling to focus on one thing at a time. I have a bad tendency to try to consume multiple sources of media at the same time. So that anxiety brain can't talk to me. Yep. So I'll have something on the TV. I'll be and I'll be doing something on my phone. I can't. I can't not do it. It's. It's. I'm, I'm trying to unlearn it, but I will pick up my phone and I'll start scrolling through social media. I'll open a game, and the next thing I know, I've missed, you know, 20 minutes of what's going on. I have to rewind. Right. But in a theater, I'm forced to focus solely on the movie. Yeah. Which is so. why I try to see things in in the theater as much as possible. Yeah. So. All right, well, since we're still kind of on the subject of DC and whatnot, uh, Warner Brothers has announced that uh, with the success of Wonder Woman 84, uh, that they they are going to continue doing new DC movies and they will still come to theaters. Um, But during an interview um, with the New York Times, DC Films Ultra Hamada has announced that up to four expensive DC movies a year will be released in theaters starting in 2022. Batman, probably the Aquaman sequel, the Flash mm-hmm. or Flashpoint movie, whatever it might be, and then maybe Wonder Woman 3 or what, whatever whatever fourth movie they have there. But then they are looking at other films that might be a little more risky as far as getting people to Money see making. the theaters. Batgirl, Static Shock, will arrive exclusively on HBO Max. This I actually don't have a problem with. Um, you have a smaller character or one that's not nearly as popular. You want to sit there and go, well, we want to make a movie and we want to yeah. see if, see what the, the audience looks T- like. Test the water, see how the response is. That is what HBO Max should be for. That is yes. what any of these streaming services should be for. Um, you know, this is, this, is, this is how you expand the brand across multiple platforms without cannibalizing your own business and without hurting another entire industry. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so that's what they're looking at. Um, I, what do you think? 
honestly, I've had a lot of criticism on how, how they've handled the DCEU. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, the first smart move they've made this entire time. Yeah. I, I had an entire conversation with Megan about this. I don't remember when. A week ago, maybe? A couple days ago? About how it's, it's almost like they're trying to recreate the MCU without all the work. Yeah. That Marvel put into it. Like, they see the MCU from the outside and they're going, okay, we can do that. Here, we're going to make a, a, a cinematic universe and here's, here's you know, we, we've seen, we know Batman, Superman, let's create a, a team-up movie with all these characters without doing an origin story or any sort of solo introduction movie or without any sort of build-up. And it's like, that's not how Marvel did it. Mm-hmm. They started with, here's Iron Man. Oh, you like that? Okay, here's Iron Man 2. Oh, cool. How about, how about a Thor movie? How about how about a Captain America movie? Oh, oh, and the, we'll lay some hints. Uh, oh, yeah, here's a team up. Like we we had several solo movies before there was even a hint of a team up. Yeah. Before we eventually got Avengers, like they put work into this and planning and organizing and plotting everything out, and it seems like Warner Brothers is just tossing shit out and seeing if it sticks. Right. And they're not doing well. Yeah. Well, and, and they're that, like, well, why isn't the DCEU coming? Well, you're, you're not, you're not putting in the work. You're not planning. You're not setting all this in motion ahead of time and making it work. You're just like, we're gonna make a movie. Right. Okay. Now we're gonna make this movie. Like, you, you're, you're not. You have to sit down. You have to plan this. You have to plan smart. This right. is the first time I've been like, yes, that was a good choice. Sure. Good uh, job. Yeah. Um, no, I, I would agree with that to some extent. They, since, since Justice League and Batman v Superman, which I, I still, in, I have enjoyed the DC movies probably not as much as the Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I just have different expectations. Uh, but since, since that time, there has been a lot of shuffling as to who is in control of what over at Warner Brothers and DC Films, mm-hmm. um, which honestly needed to happen uh, to make that happen. Uh, you know, say what you will about Man of Steel or Batman v Superman or Justice League. Well, Justice League is its own thing. We're just going to leave that alone. But whatever you have to say about those two things, just remember Zack Snyder got his way on Man of Steel. The studio got their way on uh, Batman v Superman. Um, Again, I love Man of Steel and I don't like Superman. You know this. I think Man of Steel is probably the best Superman movie that we'll ever get. Um, At least... Until somebody else comes along with with another better interpretation of the character. You mean uh, the movie makers knew better than the studio execs? Uh, right. Um, well, and then, yeah. Well, and then Batman v Superman. You know, they chickened out. They cut a half hour of it that honestly should have been left in there to begin with and should have gone for the R rating. If you want to differentiate yourself from Marvel, you have to take chances and not try to carbon copy everything. Which gets me to my next point with them. So their next plan, or their plan right now is they've obviously they've started focusing back to individual films. Mm-hmm. Their other big takeaway is to yes, the DCEU still exists. You're still going to get Wonder Woman. You're still going to get another Aquaman. You're going to get another Shazam, and and these other characters. But when they yeah. do Flash, well, Batman, the Batman will not be in that same continuity. The Flash will, but that the Flash movie allows them to open up their multiverse as well in a totally different way. And so we get to see these different versions of these characters 
as well, which allows them to go ahead and make a solo film that's totally different and totally unconnected from their main narrative if they ever decide to do like another yeah. crossover film. And I think that's honestly the smartest thing they can do. Now, granted, I hated the Joker movie. I just, uh, I, I did, I just um, was indifferent initially. And the more I think about it, the more it just pisses me off. So, um, but they took a chance. They took a risk. It worked out for them. That's what Warner Brothers needs to do instead of just trying to do exactly what Marvel is doing. Yeah. Um, with or without the work. Uh, they that they need to be willing to take risks of their own to differentiate themselves. Yeah, don't don't make a carbon copy of the MCU because you're you're already being compared to the MCU. Don't make it exactly the same. But what they need to be taking from the MCU is their planning. Yeah. And I know some people criticize Marvel for their phases, but like at least they have a coherent plan and an overarching plot for all of these movies. At a place that they know they're all headed, and they have one dude in charge of all of it, yeah. who has final say of everything. Right. Versus, it feels like DC is just a billion different people all doing their own thing and trying to, you know, rein it in like herding cats. Yeah. It's like no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. But yeah, with th- with this announcement that you know, and not even a real full on announcement, but with you know, looking at going ahead and taking the smaller DC characters and mm-hmm. you know, trying out a smaller film with them. Let's be real. As much as we love big budget movies, small budgets breed creativity. It's why it's Deadpool worked. It's why a lot of these Blumhouse horror films, good and bad, they wind up working for them because you can tell an interesting story just by being that kind of limited or yep. you know finding these different ways to do things um and that's yeah so i think i think we'll probably wind up seeing at least a few good quality things from dc on hbo max because of this Agreed. um yeah I think there's, I, there's less pressure that way so yeah they'll probably give them a little more freedom yeah so um yeah so we'll just have to wait and see what happens but like i said looking at that i'm going that's that's honestly a really good move and like mm-hmm. i said what you should be using that for like yes you want to get subscribers best way to do that and to kind of see what works and doesn't work make one you know make a batgirl movie on a 30 40 million dollar budget and just see what happens you know static shock is not a character that needs a whole lot of special effects work done i mean you could do you need to no (laughs) um and you have michael b jordan uh, attached to that with uh as a producer you you have some talent that can bring in more talent you know, play with what you got and see what you yeah. can do. And just, like I said, put those limitations on there to help expand that creativity. So, Agreed. all right, well, we're going to close out the show. Um, I thought about recapping 2020, but I really don't want to, cause it's just been a shitty year. Um, so we're going to be a little yeah. more hopeful, a little more optimistic. Tricia and 2021, what is like just one thing that you want to see happen. It can be with uh, the movie theaters. It can be with our show. It can be whatever you want. But what is one thing that you want to see happen in 2021? Uh, To be able to confidently tell people when movies are coming out. Same. I I can, I can respect that. I can real sick of people being like, when is this movie coming out? I'm not sure it's tentatively scheduled for this date, but it may move. Why wouldn't you just release it already? I don't control these things. 
you you mean you don't want to sit there and go round and round with why we're not getting certain content because we have so much control over it? Some old dude was chewing out third party and another manager the other day because he wanted to know why. He wanted to know if Kingsman was for sure coming out Valentine's Day and he yeah, he wanted to know if it was coming out for sure coming out Valentine's Day, which they tried to explain that mm-hmm. that's what it's scheduled, but things change so we're not on it we know as of right now that's when it's coming out and he apparently was ranting and raving about basically accusing us of not releasing movies and then he followed that up with the statement well china gave us this virus to which uh third party and other manager were just like get me the hell out of this conversation right and we're like what does that have to do with anything absolutely so, yeah. i just want that to go away I want to be when people be like, "Hey, when's this movie coming out?" Be like, "It's coming out this day." End of conversation. Yeah, that's fair. When's a quiet place coming out? It's coming out this day. Yeah. Not it should come out this time. I love how ambitious you are with your with your hopes and dreams for twenty twenty one. Not not it's gonna be the best year ever. Not I'm gonna go do this or I'm gonna get more confident. Look, after this year, I've learned to keep my expectations low. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, I I have not. I, I am still a pie in the sky kind of guy. And I've already initiated the campaign for it. So here we go. If you're listening to this and you want to make my 2021 wish come true, I'm going to need you to tag Mr. Kevin Smith over on Twitter. I need to be able to talk to Silent Bob myself. <laughs> um, because nothing would make me happier than to sit here on Zoom and talk to my favorite Hollywood stoner about movie theaters. Um, so if you could, when you're done listening to this, get on Twitter and it's like, hey, just tag at that Kevin Smith and just say, you should check out this show. They love you. They really want to talk to you. Um, I don't, Trisha, I don't know how you would react to getting that interview. You'd probably just just sit back and just go, I'm gonna let him do his thing. Uh, and that, you know. Here and let you fanboy and uh, uh, embarrass yourself and I can just sit back here and laugh. That's, well, that's the thing though, is like with Kevin Smith, I don't feel like you can embarrass yourself because he's that's a fanboy of, of just about everything too. Uh, and, and, that, and that's honestly, that's why I want him. I could have sat here and said, I'd love to get an interview with Steven Spielberg or Martin Scorsese or whoever. And I feel like it would just get really technical and I'm all about that too. Oh, Kevin Smith, we could sit here and go, oh my God, did you see like the invisible jet and in Wonder Woman 84? Like, <laughs> oh, like, you know, shit like that. Um, yeah. So if you want to help make that happen, just tag at that Kevin Smith and at drunk underscore theater on Twitter, get his attention. Say, these guys love you. Uh, I'm also trying to get the hashtag get Kevin Smith on MDMT trending as well. So make those things happen. <laughs> Help make 2021 my best year ever. Because like I feel like I'll peak after that. Like after that, it's just you know what, you're not going to do any better. Go ahead and end everything. Just just settle down and be done. Uh, but that's what I. That's my hope and dream. My 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 more realistic hope and dream for 2021 though, uh, is just to get to come back to work full time there at the theater, um, and be with you guys again, and not. Yeah, still deal with our dickhead customers because that'll never change as we get rid of them. Um, but to be able to continue sharing these stories and uh, having 
having as much fun as, as we do working there as much of a pain in the ass as it is. Um, yeah. So Trisha, I just want to say, uh, before we get to it, happy new year, um, or Jumanji, however, we're going to close out 2021. <laughs> Let's hope it's a lot better. Um, and thank you. Thank you for being my co-host throughout almost two years of this show. Uh, it's, like it's been two years. I know, right? We've just been, we've just been putting up a lot of shit in that time. So um, anyway, uh, feel free to interact with us on Twitter again at drunk underscore theater. You can also email us at mydrunkmovietheater at gmail.com. If you want to get some swag, get yourself a nice My Drunk Movie Theater t-shirt with our logo on it, teespring.com slash store slash MDMT. Um, we got t-shirts, hoodies, uh, sweatpants. I've got dog sweatshirts for, for your puppies, so that way they can they can rep this, this goofy-ass show that we call My Drunk Movie Theater. Um, so from all of us here at My Drunk Movie Theater, have a happy new year, and let's let's see if we can get through 2021 relatively unscathed. So uh, that's going to do it for us. I'm Kyle Sutton. I'm Trisha Campbell. And be nice to your damn movie staff.